Jack, welcome to Real Vision. Hello, how are you? I'm doing well. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Uh, for people who don't know, particularly people here uh, in the US, Bitpanda is a very big deal in Europe. You currently have over two and a half million customers. Tell us a little bit about Bitpanda and what you do. You want the long version or the short version? Eric, you oh, are here to probably get Probably the, the short version, version. Is, is a long version. Um, <laughs> it's a, let's say it like this. So, so um, Paul, Christian, and I, so we're three co-founders. We were in the industry for quite a while. And even in 2013, we realized how hard it is uh, in Europe to buy crypto. So you had to send money abroad and so on. And most people don't know what a limit order is, what a market order is and so on. We said, you know, if that get, needs to get mass adoption, you need to have it as simple as buying things online in a web shop, like, like in Amazon or something, you know, with a credit card or a bank account or whatever. So the idea originally was building a web shop, make it very easy to buy and sell. That's it. No wallet function, nothing. I realized people need wallets um, and, and, and a proper user experience. So um, that web shop idea became, I mean, there were so many obstacles here, getting bank accounts and so on, but, but we, we all know that uh, in 2013, 2014, even 15, 16. But we realized you need to offer much more. And so the, the shop became a platform. And then the next evolution was, you know what? Even for us, when we were, let's say, uh, that it was quite a while ago, I mean, crypto was probably my first like real proper trades, although I'm um, interested in finance on for quite a long time. I'm now 34. I think I am got really interested in that like since I'm 18 or 19, but I couldn't, I couldn't participate in the financial market. I couldn't participate in the, in the stock market or anything because I didn't have the money. Because the financial system is, first of all, pre-internet. You know, pre-internet means um, there's not 24-7 trading and so on. There's uh, weekends. Um, crypto was invented in a time where you already, where the internet was already established. And you see, there's suddenly a new financial market that is open 24-7 and globally available. So... We said all the learnings we had from crypto, why don't we bring it to other asset classes? So we started with gold, precious metals in general, where you can buy now real physical gold as an high security wallet in Switzerland, it's insured. But you can buy a fraction of it. You can buy it for two euros, for one euro, but you get the same deal as if you would buy for two million because we buy it in so large quantities that you get, um, that, and we pass the deal through to the retail. Um, that you could never buy physical gold for that price, and especially not in, in, in small quantities. And we realized, you know what, we have to do the same for stocks. But in Europe, that is very, very, very hard. You can't really uh, like split a stock in Europe, and um, everything is very fragmented here. Regulation is not that easy. I mean, uh, the stock market in general is highly regulated everywhere around the world. But that is necessary to that everybody can participate. So we take all the learnings from cryptocurrencies and bring it to more asset classes. classes. So this is why we brought out now Bitpanda stocks, where you can have 24-7 trading and, uh, and fractional, like even for one euro, no fixed fees and anything. Um, and our idea here is to build the investment platform for everybody, especially in, in Europe. That's very interesting maybe for, for you guys in the US to know. 
way less than 10% of people here own stocks. You don't have 401k, you don't have these things, you don't have these tax uh, incentives and so on. So, so owning stocks is very unpopular here for several reasons. Mostly, of course, also user experience, um, bureaucracy. But now we remove all these barriers with proper user experience, you know, from other apps and with a, a fractional trading for all asset classes. And that is, that is in, in, I wanted to say that's a short story, but probably that was a long monologue. Um, but that is the story where we come from and where we're going and where we are right now. Eric, we're here at Real Vision for the long story. All right. <laughs> Talking of which, tell us a little bit about your background. You uh, alluded to some of the uh, your interest uh, in this space when we were just speaking, but tell us a little bit about your background and specifically how you came to find yourself doing what you're doing today. Uh, I have, I but I mean, when I say I have an unusual background, then most founders probably have an unusual background. That's not very unique anymore. Um, my father was a captain and a ship pilot, and I thought it was a good idea to do the same. So before I wanted my plan after after school to study uh, not what is it nautics nautics yeah I think that's the right word in English. Uh, I th I said I want to learn everything about it um, before going on a bridge. I said you know I want to do like learn ship mechanics. So I was a ship mechanic for two and a half years. I learned it. Um, and was traveling the whole world, like over 50 countries in these two and a half years. That was a uh, very challenging, great expertise. But after two months, I realized that's not where I want to go, where, where I see my future at all. Um, I don't want to miss this experience. And, and I finished it, so two and a half years. But um, I wouldn't do it again. Um, but uh, I'm very happy that I made this experience for, for my own um, for my own, let's say, development. You know, what's interesting is that, you know, that as a background and as a context coming into this, uh, there's no such thing as bluffing. There's no such thing as vaporware on the high seas. Things either work or they don't. Uh, so it's an interesting sort of context for you to have coming into what you do yeah. today. Because because a ship, like these big container ships, like over 300 meters, they are like its own city. They are like its own attack attack like they can run on its own um cities you have to do everything and these huge ships are just run by 20 people overall and that is uh, there's every day something going wrong like horribly wrong <laughs> this is um yeah so you get very stress resistant you know um there's also a rough uh, language or tone and so on can be very challenging and you're like it's like a like a little, little prison there was no internet at this time you know on the ships there was uh you're, you're there and if you if you're if your uh, supervisors are cool then it might be a good trip if not and i also had the experience it was like prison you know all right but um and then afterwards i, I had some time to figure out what i wanted and then you just think oh you have a lot of time to figure out what you want so I studied business, it's the most uncreative thing on earth, probably. Um, but uh, yeah, I did it on the side because I then started my own like, little business. Um, and uh, I come originally from the, from the, I, I, I say maybe it's a lie. Maybe I lied to myself. I don't know. I say if I would be like 12 years younger or something, my job would be in esports because when I was good, you can win a computer or something, you know, but nowadays it's a huge industry. 
Um, so at this time, it was like uh, I was in the payments in payment industry in gaming. Um, and um, yeah, and then when you're in, in that industry, you get, um, you know, all the big trends and so on quite, quite early on. So a lot of my friends were very good and famous uh, online poker pro uh, online poker professionals. Um, so yeah, all these together, you somehow, and I can't recall when and how you get to know about Bitcoin. You, you got to know about Bitcoin and it, it took a while, you know, like first you read it and then two, two months, you haven't heard of it. And then you hear it a second time, maybe a third time. And then you start looking at it and can't tell when and how, and yeah. So what did you first think? And, and I mean, this obviously is something that you uh, have been very passionate about for a long time. Tell us about the journey into Bitcoin itself. Yeah, that was the journey. I can't, I can't recall how it was. It was like little, little drops, you know, like falling down. It's not like there was one day and I remember or one time and then I was fully into it. It, it probably took me over a year or one and a half years to get really into it. It was at the beginning, it was, uh, you, you probably read a forum post. I think it was like in forums and you just like, you know, you don't, you don't give it any, any bigger attention and you see it the second time and so on. And then you suddenly meet people that, that already have had a look in, uh, look into it. And then you can ask questions. And it's mostly this thing when you meet someone you trust and uh, who's smart, and then you start, uh, asking questions and they tell you stuff uh, because you wouldn't even think about diving deeper into it because you don't know how exciting it is. Other people have to tell you how exciting it is. But then the self-education part started. Can't really tell you when and so on and how long it took me, but it wasn't it wasn't like this one moment. It took me a long time. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more uh, about Bitpanda. You alluded to some of this earlier, uh, but on Bitpanda now, users uh, can buy cryptos, crypto indices, uh, ETFs, individual stocks, cross-currency, mm -hmm. uh, and metals. Tell us a little bit about where you are currently and what your roadmap is going yeah. forward. The Bitpanda stocks thing is in a, still in a beta. It took us two years also with licenses. We're growing like the fully, fully uh, straight-up way in Europe getting all the licenses in all the countries, um, preparing everything um, in advance. We don't try to avoid compliance. So it took us two years to build the stock thing. It's now in beta, so there's just a very limited amount. So we're trying it out because the 24-7, nobody has done this here. Uh, but in a few months, you will see the full variety of everything. And then so far, the experiences on our side were quite good. Uh, I initially said our plan is to become the investment platform but not just give people tools and say, you know, have fun. You've never, you've never done stocks investing or crypto investing before. Here's a buy button. Here's a sell button. Enjoy. That's not, that's not sustainable. And that is a big problem I have personally, because, you know, you can imagine how often I get messages and get called when um, asked like, what, what shall I invest in? And I like, I don't know, like I, I know where I invest in, but that's 100% not the right thing for you. And the educational part is the key here. So you can't just, you, you, you also have a responsibility. You can't just build a cool app 
and then and and then have it like a casino for for people you need to have education you need to bring the basics people should only put money money in things that are simple that are easy to understand and that are you know made for them because there are some things that work for my neighbor but you know they might have more money or they are more they they they, they have more risk appetite and when I have a swing of maybe 3% downwards with a stock or so, then I might not have a good sleep. If that is the case, then the investment strategy of my neighbor is most probably the absolute wrong thing for myself. And it takes some time. And, and, and I always tend to say the bank advisor is, is, is misleading because it's not a bank advisor. It's a, it's a salesman. They're, they are not advising you. The advisor is someone you pay an hourly and they give you independent advice. Um, they just have that on their table and they need to sell it this month and they get a commission for it. So that's the opposite. And giving other people or listen to other people uh, what to do with your money is always a mistake. And finding it out yourself and getting a learning, getting into like learning things and uh, from, you know, like regards to your finance and the basics, how money work and the capital market works. You don't need to dive into completely, but have a, have a good idea about this. This is something nobody else can do but yourself. And once you have done this, um, you will find the stuff that you can hold for 10 years or longer. And that's usually very healthy then. Yeah. You know, uh, it's interesting, something that you touched on earlier uh, is the sort of absence of a culture of investing in stocks uh, in Europe. Americans have been obsessed with stock investing for decades. Uh, many of my European friends, uh, when I mention stock, they say, oh, I I don't do that. Almost as though it was a, a culture or a lifestyle, as yeah. though you said, uh, do you run marathons? And they said, oh, no, I don't. I don't yeah. run marathons. It's a very interesting uh, kind of uh, cultural divide. You mentioned something uh, that I'm very passionate about, which is education uh, about this space, about financial uh, investing in general. Tell us a little bit about how you think about that, how your customers see the world, and how you're trying to address those needs. Yeah, that goes. That comes hand in hand with the new platform and the new services we bring out. So we will invest heavily in in content and create educational pieces. We have started Bitpanda Academy, and we will put a lot of focus and resources on there in the future. Um, so the academy is has been designed to uh, teach people about crypto, and we will make it much bigger. Um, we will. We will. Um, you know, it's also like video content and, and, and you know, just a small thing yet shortly, surely, and but slow, slowly, but surely you, you get an idea of the financial market and, and, and things. And once, I mean, most people that, how do you, how, what is the English saying? Like go, going, going down the rabbit hole, right? Yes. Yeah. It's like, it's also with crypto. Once you're, once you're like, into it and 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 you read about it and you discuss about it with people you're you're not leaving we were talking a little bit off camera uh, about some of the infrastructure uh, that you guys are building tell us about some of the challenges that you have the things that you're doing uh, to address it uh, and where you see yourself moving in the future and why it's important for retail investors to understand some of the back end piece um we have a different philosophy i initially said that Things took a bit longer for us with everything because we, when we enter a market or in general, we, we get our the licenses ourselves, we build everything ourselves. So our philosophy is to own the infrastructure completely. 
because then you can have the most advantages. You can build things on top and so on. And to be very flexible, that takes some time initially, but on the long run, it really pays out, pays off out. You get my point. And then we said, you know what? Bitpanda is already the biggest customer of our own infrastructure, if you would see it as a product. But why don't we offer it for our infrastructure to other banks? Because over the past 12, 15 months, maybe longer, I realized um, when you talk, especially to traditional players, but also to neobanks and so on, you can have a lot of cool things built in there. You just have to connect somewhere or, but if you really want to build blockchain services, wallet services, uh, all the different blockchains, uh, you know, support them, trading, ledger stuff, that is ridiculously to build yourself and it will take forever. Um, what we have built is a giant shift. I, I, I mean, think of like a, like an iceberg, right? You have just like the 20 or 30 or 10% on top, you, you see. But all the stuff is like a, like a huge, huge thing. And that is our back end and, and, and all the services we build around it. So what we are doing now, we announced it last week, we are offering our infrastructure to other banks or fintechs or whoever. And then they can choose what they want. They just have to connect to our API and then uh, say, okay, I want to offer to my customers crypto trading. So it's like a B2B to C or stocks fractional or wallet services. You know, they can, they can choose what they want. Mo most are starting right now um, with the very easy like crypto trading and so on and stocks. And then um, after a few months, because they're connected anyways, they will, they will add more services and so on. Um, yeah. And uh, I think that will help the whole the whole industry because more and more traditional players suddenly will offer crypto and digital assets and uh, stocks, like fractional stocks, to their customers. For them, it's very easy because they have all these services around, and now they are you know they can they can still own the customer and um, build right. the let's say offer the new cool stuff. <laughs> That the that the that the young generation wants. So yeah, yeah. And for those who may not have worked in finance uh, in the past, this idea of owning the customer, owning the customer relationship, is something that's very critical to banks and financial institutions uh, because that's uh, that's generally how their revenue gets generated. Uh, and so it's an important thing. So let's talk a little bit about some of those services uh, and why they are so difficult uh, for banks to build on their own. Where are you seeing the most demand? What are the services uh, that banks are most interested in and that they see most critical uh, in terms of their own process flow? They missed out on, on crypto as the new well-established asset class. And I can fully understand why, because it happened very quickly that it got more and more accepted um, during, or let's say over the, the in society, or let's say in the, in the, of the population. And these uh, building, building yourself, also the lack of regulation in the first years is something they could do. And now it's, uh, they can't do it themselves anymore. And they will always, always be like so, so far behind 
to crypto native companies like us. That's like everybody will agree. And um, yeah, so this is something they cannot do themselves. They want to do it because their customer want it. And yeah, this is why we're offering the infrastructure. Yeah. So I just got back uh, from the Bitcoin 2021 conference in Miami. How was uh, it? It was, uh, it was a blast. I mean, it was really interesting. There were a lot of, I think, really interesting takeaways for me, probably the most uh, important of which uh, was the fact that there were so many traditional financial services uh, people yeah. there and traditional uh, capital markets slash macro investors, which is something I haven't seen at this scale uh, in the past. And I thought it was an intriguing thing uh, to see, you know, lots of uh, guys in their uh, mid to late fifties walking around in golf shirts with yeah. sport coats. Uh, <laughs> in addition to the, you know, in addition to the the yeah. cool kids, the twenty somethings walking around in t shirts. So it was interesting. It did sort of have a feel to it where it was uh, very inclusive, very diverse, a lot of different backgrounds. Something that we haven't seen, uh, I think, in my view at least, at scale uh, in the crypto space at these companies conferences in the past. Uh, but I'm curious about some of your personal opinions. You know, uh, the the civil war inside this space uh, still rages on between uh, the Bitcoiners, uh, sometimes pejoratively called Bitcoin maximalists, uh, and everyone else in the space. And that was, again, a major theme at this event. I'm curious about how you think about that uh, for yourself. So first of all, I might not be the most popular person after this but I try to avoid these conferences um, because there are, let's say, I don't know, I'm making things up, like 10% interesting people or people that are really doing proper stuff and 90% are self-promoting people that are just there to show how great they are and in the end you have no idea what they are doing and then the they don't do anything. It's just like self promotion stuff you know so it's uh it's it's very time consuming and so on although i miss out on the 10 percent, but i've seen so many conferences uh and 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 you know what um i did two fundraising and all these things during COVID. everything remote things work remotely you know uh and, and, if, and if i go to a conference or speak there or something uh it takes me at least one day completely out of work and I like to work on a product, you know, so, so this is why I, uh, I'm, I'm very, let's say, picky where to go. I, I try to not to do it more than once or twice a, a year. Yeah, you've also forgotten another key group, which is the people who just show up because it's a great party. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, that's a valid, valid argument. I mean, like, so that's, that's totally fine for me. I think so, too. I completely agree. Regarding... Regarding the civil war, honestly, I don't care. <laughs> I never cared because um, there are different cryptocurrencies. I personally think many of them will, will they will always like come more. They will vanish. There will be a handful, maybe ten, or I don't, I don't know. That that establish themselves on the really like long, long run, um, because. Not because they are clones of each other. That's not a. That doesn't, you know, like they, they will vanish anyways. But because they will, they are completely different and they solve different problems. And they will coexist, and that is absolutely fine. 
I honestly don't care. Like the, the, when you look at the sheer amount of coins that are out there, like 99%, you can throw away anyways. It doesn't really matter. It's like, I personally don't, don't look at it, but uh, every investment I personally do, I make I do it in the long run. So I hold everything several years at least. Yeah. And, and then, and then it doesn't really matter. And, and, and then you have to decide what is good, what is not. I mean, we, for that purpose, we have, um, we have built uh, something very unique, the, the Bitpanda crypto index, where you can just say, and this is also something I use because I cannot follow all the crypto myself. It's impossible. It's like uh, knowing at any time what is happening and uh, the coin with the 15th market cap right now, what, this, is the, this is a full-time job. So what we what we did was um, it's an index to, together with Vanek is one of the biggest ETF provider, and then you say the top five, top ten, or top twenty five, three different in, in indices, index indexes, um, and um, there you can just put the money in, and then uh, there is a certain strategy, and once a month you get rebalanced. So you you know like you you can invest on the crypto alt altcoin market um, uh, altcoin market yeah on the, on the long run, but. For me, it's, it's uh, I do this um, partially, and then I have like two or three coins I hold on the long run, and the rest, honestly, is this would be a full time job if I see what's in and what's out and what's cool and what's not. But yeah. Okay, now I'm very curious about what those coins are that you hold and why. Um, I mean. I like both, you know, like I like Bitcoin and Ethereum and they, they're like, I don't get this stuff. You know, there's not like this for me, not like this thing. It can only be one thing. It's like, they are completely different for me. They solve different stuff. So I, I don't even think about this question. You know, just, I don't compare them. I can't compare them. Well, how do you think about those use cases? I'm curious about Bitcoin uh, in particular, how you think about the use cases for you, uh, a macro asset, a digital gold asset, uh, something that you see developing payment rails in the future, uh, a pristine form of collateral. What's your conceptualization of Bitcoin and why is it important to you? I think it is absolutely superior to any other store of value, especially compared to gold. Um, it, of course, it's like a very cheap and most often used comparison gold, but it has all the scarcity elements and attributes. But on the other hand, you um, it is instantly li li liquid. Yeah, you can liquidate it anywhere around the world. You can send it around like an email. Uh, you can pay with it. And um, this is like, I mean, honestly, it's like, why why would anybody in in our age invest into gold like nowadays this, 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 i i don't get it honestly but why am i saying this even we're offering we're offering gold <laughs> just just cut it out <laughs> not only that but eric this is a this is a heresy in austria we've had on uh, a number of uh, of uh, folks from Austria and in the German speaking world in general, uh, where the attachment to uh, precious metals as a store of value is something that's very much part of the culture. The idea of the of the need, uh, almost at a at a spiritual level, for a hard currency. Yeah, it's um, especially in the German speaking markets. Uh, gold is a it's still a big thing. 
yeah, I mean, it's fine. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying, if you once go into Bitcoin and you really, really think about it and try it out, and I, I don't think, I, I don't think many people will say um, that they will still prefer gold. Well, it's very interesting because uh, you know, talking about this broader cultural context in the German-speaking world, uh, this idea of uh, of of Bitcoin really being a kind of gold 2.0, uh, something that has uh, you know, favorable characteristics and attributes, for example, uh, you know, greater liquidity, the ability to transfer it uh, very easily. Obviously, mm -hmm. these are things that are challenges uh, with physical gold. So it's very interesting to hear you exploring and touching on those issues. I honestly think that more traditional players, institutional money, companies put it on the balance sheet and even um, national banks will do so, put it on the balance sheet. You think central banks might eventually, uh, yes. in, in Europe in particular, put uh, put gold on the balance sheet directly as a reserve asset? I mean, gold, you're probably one of the latest ones uh, to do it. But yeah, I mean, didn't I just read yesterday or something with El Salvador? Or was, uh, yeah, so slowly but surely. But I honestly think, I honestly think that um, this is one of the best store of values and uh, more traditional players. The, the, let's say the more established, the better regulation, the higher the market cap, the more, um, you know, like traditional players, banks, investment banks, trading desks, like Goldman Sachs and so on, is there, the sooner we will see exactly this kind of adoption. I mean, when you look at Bulgaria, for example, I think they have, from very, very, very early on, they have seized a lot of Bitcoin and they, as far as I know, haven't sold it yet. So they have a lot of money there. You know, that would be the biggest story of the decade. For those uh, who aren't familiar, the uh, European system of central banks has uh, national banks, national central banks uh, throughout Europe, uh, and the uh, OENB, which is the uh, Austrian uh, central bank, uh, and uh, and the Bundesbank in Germany. Uh, if either of those two institutions were to take Bitcoin on their balance sheet, it would be the story of the decade. Yeah, it's, I, I I think that will happen, but it will take a long time until you will see more countries and other, and we, you will see other central banks, national banks um, doing this in, in other countries, in other continents first. Yeah. Uh, and so to shift gears to something a little bit different, uh, you mentioned Ethereum before. Tell us about your view of Ethereum, uh, what its use cases are for you and why you find that so compelling. Yeah, I'm not the biggest expert, um, but I really think that the whole idea of uh, pro it's more than programmable money. It's like you know what contracts and the token token system. Plus, I also like the idea a lot of proof of stake that can have. I mean, the whole the whole. Uh, discussion we had in the past weeks about uh, Bitcoin for the hundred millions of time about the energy thing and then and, and taking things out of a headline and now everybody becomes an, an expert about this. I mean, like I'm fed up with this. I, uh, I've, I've seen this every year, at least twice. And it happens again, even in 2021. And, um, but so the problem there is many things are just not 
correct, you know, and they are taken out of proportion. But politics and movements are very, very often just made of not about facts, but let's say about opinions. And um, so I think these, these uh, let's say, movement of cryptos, the bad energy consumer, um, will guide us for quite a while, I think. And therefore, it could be a huge rise for Ethereum in, um, in the adoption for you know other players for big banks and and so on that that say okay we want the clean stuff although bitcoin is not dirty in my opinion but yeah that's a different topic i'm curious uh, specifically on ethereum what you see as the use cases that you find so compelling yeah what i mean is um the i like the token system in general i i like that you can use ethereum for as a system to tokenize or to digitize thing of the real world right let it then later on be real estate for example and i think this will happen on on the ethereum blockchain and also smart contracts in that regard that notaries you know i i think you don't need this kind of stuff anymore you don't need these trusts then when you have programmable money that have specific rules and and and, and therefore i think ethereum is superior yeah you mentioned i think it was three or four uh tokens that you found interesting uh you know in some ways but no i said two or three <laughs> two or three okay you got me what's the third um the third is very easy the third is an uh, efc20 token it's called best and that is called Bitpanda ecosystem token. Tell us that's about our, that. That's our that's our token I from know. Bitpanda. So tell us about tell us about yeah, the, it's it's um it's um it's a system because I believe in in Bitpanda, obviously. So therefore, when you use our platform and you hold that, you will have several advantages. You have much less fees. Um, it has a burning mechanism. So things that you're already seeing quite a lot in the industry anyway. Um, and we, we are reworking it and we're giving more, you know, like has been implemented with a very small market cap. Uh, we, we did an IEO 2019 for 43 million euros. And now um, the price is more or less more than 10 times higher, like way more. Um, so, yeah. And we have to design the different VIP levels and the different stages. What would you get the benefits? And but in general, our idea is whenever we build something for a platform, a new product, it has to work well with the best. So with the with the ecosystem token. So let's talk a little bit about that ecosystem uh, and what it allows uh, users to do. Uh, today, I know there's a loyalty program, there are discounts on trading. Talk a little bit about how that functions in the ecosystem right now and where you see it going uh, in the next one to three years. Yeah, you know, I can't really because that is currently the main function when we are already working on new stuff. And I don't want to spoil, you know what's happened, right? When you're in crypto, especially or in fintech, and you already talk about stuff, then from the next day you realize, uh, uh, the day you release this, I get messages every day like, when is it coming? Why is it not online yet? 
So um, no, I won't do that. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how users uh, are using it in the ecosystem today and why you think it's so significant. Mostly right now, mostly right now um, because uh, they use it for trades. So you can you can just automatically use it to um, when you, when you trade or we have our our visa card and our visa card is quite cool because it's the first visa 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 card where you can add or link any wallet there is and you can now pay your beer at a club on a sunday saturday night where everything is closed and you can pay with automatically with bitcoin with euro with dollar with tesla stocks with gold it doesn't matter and there you always can use fast um for the you know and and and, and for the fees and so on so it, that's currently the biggest use case but your voting rights uh what other coins to add um but there will be much more features but i honestly cannot tell you right now this is like i would i would shoot myself in the knee if i do this now <laughs> <laughs> well we'll have you back after those features gone uh, live to talk a little bit yeah. more about what they are uh, i'm curious uh, as we get closer to the end of this conversation uh, tell us what you're going to be thinking about uh, as we look forward uh, what are you going to look for in the rest of the ecosystem uh, and what are your plans going forward yeah. so regarding the ecosystem i'd like to mention one more thing um that i forgot to talk about that might be very interesting for you and that is um pantos that was something we launched a year earlier before best it was 2018 and that is that is a system we're building together with the technical university of vienna um where we are working on a system that is a decentralized system that combines all the blockchains because i was talking before about how excited i am to tokenize the world and tokenize everything and so on and but now you have to decide where you have where you want to do this you want to do this on the on, i don't know waves you want to do this on on, on uh, on iota then later or you want to do this maybe on um, uh, ethereum but then your project is there and there is no interoperability so we are working with this um, to have a decentralized interoperability where you combine all the different blockchains and then you can transfer your tokens your assets between the blockchains without middlemen and this is something we do with the university. We have uh, state, the state, like the um, Ministry of, uh, of Economy. They also um, gave us, um, how do you say, like, what is the, I don't know what the English word is when you get like money for this, like in bounties, no, not bounties, like incentives. Yeah, or... research grants, research grants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that is something we're working on for three years now. And that is really, really cool process, progress. It's not like the flashiest and coolest and marketing and hype, yeah. but it makes constant progress. You have all these research papers, scientifically um, papers that get published all the time. And this is something we are in for the long run to help our ecosystem and to help tokenizing the world. You can Interoperability between blockchains is such an incredibly important topic, something that we've been hearing more about, uh, particularly uh, in the last 12 months or so. Tell us a little bit about what you think the promise of interoperability is and why it matters to end users. 
so for me, it's very straight up answer. It's like you, your projects shouldn't be stuck, especially in a younger, younger industry where you cannot be for sure what's happening on the different blockchains and how good is the team and going forward. Um, not all blockchains have a proper team working on it constantly around the world, like the blockchain um, developers, for example. Yeah, they become uh, developers, for example. And then, of course, you can use different features on different, different, um, different blockchains. So some blockchains might have features, ideas, services um, that you would like to use for your token, for your asset that you cannot use on, on another blockchain. So therefore, it's uh, very important to get synergies and, uh, and use everything, you know, what, wh wherever you want it and what is good for your project. So I think um, that is the way forward. So yeah, there shouldn't be, um, there shouldn't be a big, what I said initially, when, we, when you asked me about like maximalism and so on, there shouldn't be, uh, you know, like a fight, who is the dominant player? I think like there are several, several good projects and um, let's, let's take out the best of everything. Yeah, very well said. Uh, you were also talking a little bit about some of your personal plans and some of the things that you are interested in going forward. My personal plans, I'm very bored in that regard. I, I love what I do a lot. Um, I, <laughs> I don't really want to take holidays. I, I kind of miss work then. So uh, for me, I, and this is my, this is my project, you know, this is kind of my life. So I love what I do and I, uh, I have a lot more to do to build a world of finance for everybody. Sounds a bit cheesy now, sounds a bit generic, but that's the truth. And um, I have a long route to go with Bitpan. I don't have the urge of, you know, like doing an exit at all. We're now here for seven years. We're profitable for over four and a half years. Everything is running well. Um, and we have such a big roadmap. Um, so over, we're now over 500 people now here. Um, mm. And uh, by the end of the year, we plan with over 800 mm. team members. So um, yeah, the, the plans are for the future. Like we plan for, for, for a longer future, I would say. Yeah, that's extraordinary growth, and it uh, it must be challenging to find uh, those great people to fill those roles. I know at Real Vision we're at about a hundred, uh, and it's challenging to to find the right people uh, to move forward. There's just a such a demand for talent in this space right now. I can tell you what helped. It helped a lot um, when we had the first proper investments announced. So, for example, the Unicorn Status. Uh, in, in Europe, this is quite also a rare thing that helps a lot because it shows that, so first of all, we are one of the few fintechs that actually earn money and not burn money. Mm. And you can say whatever you want, you know, like growth, 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 but people like to have a company that earns money and have sustainable growth than having, yeah, kind of bought growth, I call it. You know, and therefore right now we have a much, 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 much better time hiring great talent um, than we did before. Honestly, that gave a lot of reputation, that gave a lot of trust and uh, people are excited to join this, this journey. Yeah. 
Eric, as we come to the conclusion here, what final thoughts would you like to leave our viewers with? Is, 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 is that a question you always ask someone? And then, you know, like, because I hear a lot of podcasts and so on, and then people get asked at the end, like, <laughs> imagine this and that. Is, how would you react? Is that a question you always ask or... Yes, it is. You know, very often because we do these conversations that are, All right. you know, like okay. an hour long. And uh, by the end of them, it's very often that, you know, people realize, oh, gosh, there's that thing that I said 10 minutes ago into the interview that I really want yeah. to highlight because that's really what I think the important is. And we went off uh, on this fantastic conversation. But to give so, someone the, the key takeaways that they really can, can use is often very helpful. The key takeaway is easy. Don't trust anybody with your money except yourself. And take the time, educate yourself and invest into simple things you understand and you have a good sleep, doesn't matter how what happens and have and develop on your own a long-term strategy. And it doesn't matter what asset class it is. Nobody should tell you that except yourself. Try things out with little money and then have a good strategy over the next 10 years with the rest of your money. Extremely well said. Eric, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. It was fun. Thanks for watching, everyone. Welcome to the end of the video. We know that on average, 85% of you who start a video on Real Vision finish it. That's extraordinary. On Facebook, it would just be 4%. And that's because Real Vision creates the most engaging content in the entire media world. Let us help you grow your business by making video content that really engages your customers. Email us at customvideo at realvision.com.